0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Auto Conversion. B2B companies are faced with a multitude of challenges today when it comes to sales and marketing. The perpetual need to be creating demand will almost never subside. But with so much noise in the marketplace, how can your company's message cut through and reach your target audience? At Auto Conversion, we have a way. Through conversations and relationships, we help our clients form, package, and deliver their branded messages in unique ways that create awareness, spark interest, and drive demand. Find out how in our brand new B2B Demand Generation Quick Start Guide, which you can download free today at www.autoconversion.net or by texting ACB2B to triple five triple eight. That's That's ACB2B to 555-888. If you aren't growing your business, then your business is shrinking. Get the free guide today. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, I'm a Game from Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. All right, everybody, welcome. We are back here. AC On Air, our live weekly webcast on mobility tech and connectivity, how we are connected, and the way we get around. I'm Ryan Girardi. Thanks again for joining us, or for the first time, or for the last. We are grateful for your visit. Today is Wednesday, June 12th. Happy Hump Day, and happy Superman Day. Yes, it is Superman Day. The man of tomorrow fits right in with our show, obviously. Uh, He's gone through so many names over the years, but one thing has remained the same— he has always stood for what's best about humanity, all of our potential for terrible destructive acts, but also our choice to not act on the level of destruction when we that we could wreak. So Superman, believe it or not, was first created in 1933 by Joe Schuster, and you'll know this name, Jerry Siegel, the writer and artist, uh, respectively. His first appearance was in Action Comics number 1, And that was the beginning of a long and illustrious career for the Man of Steel in his unmistakable blue suit, which I was thinking about wearing, but I didn't want to frighten everybody off. Um, But he has definitely become one of the most recognizable uh, figures uh, in the world. So how can we celebrate Superman Day? Well, we are honoring Superman Day by doing this. Uh, Maybe someday we'll have props for stuff like this, but not today. Um, here's some ideas for you. Let's see, uh, host a Superman themed party or get together. There you go. Um, kids would love that, but not just kids. I'm sure you'd find people in their forties, fifties, and sixties that would love that as well. Uh, decorate a cake. Here's an idea. Uh, green food coloring will change a marshmallow crispy bar into a kryptonite bar. So there's an idea for you. Um, other ideas, get a trampoline, try to experience the the sensation of, of flying. So thanks for being here. Just like to have a little fun. There's always uh, some sort of national or international uh, something day going on. If you have not already, if maybe this is your first time on the show or maybe you keep hearing me say this, uh, get out your phones and send the text message real quick to 64600, that's the short code, and text the keyword autoconverse. Why do you want to do that? Well, we will send you a text message with a link to the live feed right there on your phone best way to get the show delivered to you we typically send it five or ten minutes before we go live if you can't watch live if you're in the middle of something that's fine you'll have the link and you can always watch it later um so text the keyword autoconverse. excuse me to 64600 this is streamed live so if you're here on the youtube feed thank you for being here i'll swing over and check Uh, for visitors in just a moment we do record this and we feature it on the auto converse podcast so shouts out to our loyal podcast listeners we appreciate you and uh, all your support and input that that you offer us so if you're not subscribed to the podcast but you like podcast then search for auto converse on your preferred podcast app so i think that's it for for basic announcements I'll do shouts out at the end of the show. But as you saw on on our announcement here, that uh, Fujitsu and Autonomic recently partnered to collaborate uh, to bring advanced mobility services to global automakers. And Autonomic is a wholly wholly owned subsidiary of Ford Smart Mobility. Um, Now, with the growth in connected cars, autonomous driving, uh, ride-sharing vehicles, ride-hailing, electric vehicles, all things we've been covering here for the past several years which have now really become uh, mainstream and, if you're noticing, starting to really fuse in with the auto industry specifically. And all these are, are moving towards services-led automotive ecosystem, commonly known as Mobility as a Service, or M-A-A-S. And this has drastically, dramatically increase the demand for a fast and flexible mobility service platform that's capable of rapidly processing the vast quantity of data that mobility innovation generates, So, as well as streamlining applications, access to data, and those vehicles. So with this new partnership, Fujitsu and Autonomic will be able to combine their business acumen, industry expertise, and digital technologies to accelerate mobility as a services platform, And I'm happy to say to uh, join us today to talk about this is Autonomic CEO, Gavin Sherry. So Gavin, welcome to the program.
1: Hi, Ryan. Uh, Thanks for having me and happy Superman Day and Wednesday to all of your listeners.
0: There you go. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, So you are dialed in today from Palo Alto, correct? Yep. Palo Alto,
1: California, heart of Silicon Valley.
0: And it looks like uh behind you you know what i thought that was outdoors but that's just more office behind you
1: just more office
0: okay all right well beautiful area i hope the weather's good out there today i know you said you're originally from sydney australia right correct okay
1: it feels like a sydney like day out here it's about 100 today
0: no kidding no kidding that's pretty it's pretty up there well not <laughs> pretty warm
1: for northern california
0: yeah for northern california it definitely is um, well, good. So you founded Autonomic, you said, in 2016?
1: 2016, August 2016, nearly three years ago now.
0: Okay. And I definitely want to get into the the partnership with Fujitsu, but just to uh, bring us up to speed, a little background on Autonomic and your affiliation with Ford.
1: Um, you touched upon a good term for this uh, before, which was the fusing together of all these new and exciting uh, developments within the world of mobility be it connectivity, be it electric vehicle technology, AV technology, we could talk about uh, micro mobility, like scooters as well. Uh, myself, my co founders, uh, the team here at Autonomic had spent a lot of time building cloud software, data center software, uh, things of that sort, and we were finding ourselves using this new kind of technology more and more. Uber, buying Tesla vehicles, and just getting quite excited about where mobility was going. Uh, We were trying to work out how we could be part of it, uh, part of this massive industry change. And we we thought about our areas of expertise where we, we feel we're strong, and that's in cloud software. Mm-hmm. And we decided to build a cloud platform, which we call the Transportation Mobility Cloud or TMC, to fuse together these different uh, disparate concepts within mobility so that software developers, those people who are driving a lot of change in, in society these days, could be really productive with the physical world. Simply put, we've tried to build a technology that connects the physical world of mobility to the digital world of consumers of mobility and that of software developers.
0: Okay. Okay, so um, so you guys launched the the transportation mobility cloud, and Fujitsu is partnering with you to take advantage yep. of that platform.
1: F- Fujitsu has partnered with us. They've long worked within the automotive industry, big partners of companies like Ford that you mentioned before, our, our parent company, um, big suppliers to you know the likes of Toyota, Honda, and and the world's automotive uh, companies. And as we look to explore. The, the spread and uptake of the transportation mobility cloud, we wanted to work with respected companies in that area that cross everything from the manufacturing uh, through to the, the software and then the rollout uh, within society. And Fujitsu is one of those key players.
0: Okay. So I don't know if I missed it, but when did you launch the cloud, the, the mobility? Uh, cloud?
1: We officially went live at the end of 2016, having founded the company some four months beforehand. And you touched upon our relationship with Ford. Uh, Ford acquired uh, Autonomic about a year and, and three or four months ago, February last year.
0: Okay, so the the trend, the TMC isn't isn't new per se. That that no. was kind of what you formed the company to launch. Correct. How many companies are tapped into the to that cloud service now?
1: There are a few dozen uh, different companies within the mobility ecosystem. That's really just the tip of the iceberg, as you and your listeners probably appreciate. We're proving the technology out. It really powers the core of Ford's uh, connected vehicle program today. And We've been working with big partners such as Fujitsu, such as Amazon Web Services, Delphi, Aptif, other big players uh, in the industry, as well as really cool startups here in Silicon Valley, like Swarm, like RideOS. Uh, who are building um, very deep, uh, specialized technology for the future in which we'd really like to live.
0: I'm sharing the press release right now, folks, that we are talking about on the YouTube feed. So if you're live or watching the replay later, there's a link to that press release. Um, So I'd love to get a, a little bit technical or, you know, literal about the implementation, obviously, Fujitsu can do a variety of things. But what's maybe one of the first, um, one of the first features or benefits that consumers are going to experience from this uh, integration?
1: Uh, it'll be twofold. Fujitsu has built a, a technology that allows real-time analysis of data that is being processed through the Transportation Mobility Cloud, and that will allow commercial users of uh, mobility to plan uh, the use of their technology better. So plan routes, drop-offs, plan um, you know maintenance, uptime, uh, understand traffic patterns, and so on. So it's a very commercial uh, use case. Fujitsu is also a very uh, big systems integrator, by which I mean company that deploys large numbers of people to integrate disparate technologies together. And it turns out that the world's large automakers and large commercial fleet providers, be they rental companies, delivery companies, logistics companies, and so on, tend to rely on companies like Fujitsu so that they can more easily consume our technology. So, it's an indirect uh, influence on the end consumer, but it's about um, enabling and broadening the applicability of of the transportation mobility cloud for the industry
0: so I'd like to get um, into some things obviously there's there are sensitivities, especially when it comes to the transfer of data. but I know it's something that that's important to people is you know what's happening with information about them. Yep. There's, there's identifiable data and there's, there's really anonymous data. Um, but I mean, you have a cloud-based system. Yep. It's, uh, it's served and hosted probably through Amazon or something, or do you guys do that yourself? We,
1: we have announced two uh, partners. Uh, one is Amazon Web Services, which many of your listeners would probably be familiar with. Sure. And the other is uh, Alibaba's Cloud, Ali Cloud or Ali Yun in, in Mandarin. Uh, Those are our two uh, public cloud partners.
0: Okay. Will you, so will data ever be stored in in the TMC, in in your cloud?
1: Data does uh, make its way through the transportation mobility cloud. We take privacy extremely seriously. Um, We have witnessed firsthand some of the Um, effects, perception issues, and and real um, problems that have been created over the last few years with respect to Facebook uh, and its privacy issues and other players within uh, the tech industry. And we have formed a point of view that would be, I think, most similar to Apple's, uh, but with respect to mobility data. And Mm -hmm. that is that the producer of the data is the owner of the data implicitly. And so we have consent systems within the transportation mobility cloud that allow uh, automakers and mobility providers to manage uh, rules associated with the production and management and sharing of data. Uh, We've been working closely around compliance topics. Um, Some of your listeners would be perhaps all too familiar with uh, GDPR, uh, the framework in, in Europe. And... These concepts, in my opinion, are hard to argue against because they really protect uh, consumers, which is all of us, uh, and give us control over how data is, is shared and managed. We've additionally put in place, I think, best practice uh, security and cryptographic mechanisms so that it's never the case that we're uh, unintentionally sharing this this data with our partners by storing it on on servers and so on in a plain text form. So we we take privacy and data security incredibly seriously.
0: Yeah, you have to because it can always come back and 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 affect you. And you know there there's I think addressing data and privacy uh, matters from from rogue intentional um, forces is probably the easy part. But I think there's a lot of unintended uses and consequences of data that you don't realize for some time later.
1: I think and, you're right. And and your ideas around privacy and the value of that data might change over time.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of the nature of my question is you're going to have data, not just passing through the, your transportation mobility cloud, but, but data can also be stored in there and, I mean if you've got I mean you say now dozens of companies but you know fast forward a few years you could have hundreds or thousands of companies hopefully how, how do you govern and and oversee that I mean uh, autonomic I think of you know uh, um, i I think of autonomy but probably artificial intelligence too i mean uh, it's it's truly really fascinating to think of a platform like yours and you fast forward twenty years from now the the type of data and and the governance that's going to go on mm-hmm. in a platform like that.
1: You're, you're right. It has not been a simple process to understand uh, the complexity of all of this. We've been lucky in that because the company is is quite young and the problem is new, we've brought to bear upon this space, those lessons we've learned from elsewhere. We've worked across finance, across oil and gas, health and and so on in um, previous parts of our career. And so we've sought to bring up about some of those um, learnings from more heavily regulated industries uh, and incorporated them into the transportation mobility cloud. And so we tag data that comes into the system and we know its origin and who consented uh, to provide it. And even at a legal level, we, we put certain uh, language around this to preserve uh, the privacy and control of uh, of users, of producers of, of mobility data and we're actually actively seeking to essentially roll out a, a standard within the transportation mobility cloud that is akin to uh, GDPR, even in jurisdictions where it doesn't apply. So ba- baseline it worldwide,
0: essentially. So let's segue. And if I missed anything from from that from the TMC and Fujitsu, I mean, uh, feel free to mention that. But I'd I'd love to maybe transition. Into, uh, into more of the smart city concept of this. So, mm-hmm. right, you have cars, we have phones, we have TVs. Yep. Um, we're starting to get cars talking to each other. Uh, you know, there's things like parking, right? Uh, public transit. Uh, just to have a little fun, what does what does a city of the future? Which when I think of the future, I don't. I I feel like we're in the future. We are the future that's always been mm-hmm. in sci-fi. <laughs> you know, for the past, you know, few hundred years. So whether you want to call it the city of the future or the, or the city of now, um, what, what do you see? What's your vision for things over the next, I'd say even short term, you know, three to five years. And how does that apply to the, to the mobility cloud?
1: I'm really looking forward to uh, a world in which the following applies. First of all, I have the convenience that I associate with my digital life, particularly with respect to my phone or voice assistants like Alexa, being applied to mobility. So as you mentioned, I can speak to my car, I'm comprehensible. I can use it not just as a, an interface to the control system, such as to turn on the lights or honk the horn, but I can be more deeply integrated into the rest of my life. So I can rearrange meetings without having to touch anything. Uh, I can get feedback from the vehicle about um, you know, perhaps my driving style or somewhere that I would like to stop uh, you know, because it's analyzed my calendar or my, my daily uh, movements. That would be a, a convenience mechanism. Bigger picture, and, and this is one way in which we got very excited about the space, we're at a, a tipping point where we might be able to take a little more control of our cities, we speak a lot in the United States of it being a, a car culture. Cities are actually like a driver culture. Cities are organized for people to—they're optimized for single passengers or you know single-occupant vehicles. Uh, people needing to park cars, you know, rapidly get in and out of the cities and so on. That, in many cities, doesn't leave a lot of space to walk around, enjoy the built environment, and, and so on. I think we're at a point where we might be able to make that change, particularly with respect to autonomous vehicle technology and pervasive connectivity. At that point, when we don't require vehicles, we could dismiss them out of the city, for example. I'm really looking forward to that moment. I don't know if it'll be within three to five years, probably not, but I I do hope it'll be in my lifetime.
0: Sure. Sure. Let me do this. Um, I'm actually sending out a tweet right now. Um, and just so that people might be able to see this, uh, live now. Okay. Um, so I should have brought this up before we got on the air. So I apologize. I don't, I'm not going to put you on a tough spot, but you're probably familiar with the movie Minority Report, right? Heard of it. You haven't seen it?
1: Um, I'm familiar with the content.
0: You are. Okay. So it takes place in the 2030, like 2032. And I've always been fascinated by that movie, probably because when I researched it, when it first came out, one thing about the movie, like a lot of movies is they really brought in a lot of uh, specialists and experts to, to try to capture what the cities would be like in that period of time. Mm -hmm. That's only 10 years away. (laughs) Right? It's, right? I mean, I think it came out in the early 2000s, so it was 30 years away. Now it's 10 years away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, w- specific to cars, you know, cars were kind of um, agnostic in a way, impersonal. They were just these big capsules and a magnetic right. strip going vertically up buildings, and you could, you'd hail them. And uh, to me, that's very believable, at, you know, even 10 years from now. But one thing in that movie that always tripped me up, was when you'd walk into a building like a shopping center or or any sort of public building you had to basically authenticate through your through eyesight mm-hmm. that you were there. Yep. So that freaks me out. When I think of connectivity and smart homes, um you know, it's kind of like it's 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 almost like uh The Truman Show, if you will, which is a little bit weird. It is now, I, my parents, in their 60s, uh, just recently bought their first smart TV. And I was all excited for them. I almost bought them one, but they actually forbid me to get them one. This was like <laughs> a year, year and a half ago. They're like, no, we don't want one. So I was like, uh, eh, I won't push it.
1: You might be the first person. I've, I've been seeing smart TVs at CES for about 15 years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had a smart TV, but but they, oh, sorry. I,
1: I, I was thinking of a smart fridge actually
0: <laughs> smart fridge. Well, here's why I brought it up is they finally got a smart TV and I got all excited. I said, oh cool. You can hook it up to the, your, your Wi-Fi and start doing apps. And, and my dad looked at me and he's, he literally said not doing that. <laughs> he's like, I don't want, I don't want everyone's and they got nothing to hide. But here he was apprehensive about connecting his right. TV to his home, which I thought was, was, you know, out. He's, old school right he's old-fashioned outdated but i feel the same way about connecting my whole home you know to to the to the uh to the central nervous system it's futile it's going to happen i mean i mean unless you unless you're amish and you just want to be offline you, you know you're going yeah, to get connected as the spectrum
1: um i i think that 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 it's multi-dimensional uh the spectrum um I think that there are people who value the convenience of the technology much more than any uh, real or perceived issues around privacy and and de anonymization and so on. And then there is uh, maybe another dimension uh, around uh, that is societal and about social customs in in the area. In the United States, for example, we have relatively strong uh, beliefs about the right to privacy. I believe that they're um, more forthright in, in Western Europe. In places like Northern Asia, particularly mainland China, there is less of a cultural uh, belief in in the right to privacy. And that's tied up with the politics and so on. But it's not strictly a political uh, concept in mainland China.
0: It's not a political concept? The not,
1: strictly. It, it, not strictly a, a political concept, the right to privacy.
0: Hmm. Meaning in such
1: a populous uh, place in the world, the idea of personal space and of privacy is less pervasive than it is in the United States or less densely populated places still.
0: So the citizens aren't as concerned about personal privacy in China. Not
1: in, not in my experience. I, and I used to live in China. So yeah. it really came from that experience.
0: This is a subject matter that comes up uh, f- relatively frequently here on the show. I'm personally fascinated by it. Um, you know, I, I've, I've, I brought up before how, uh, people tend to use a platform like Facebook, uh, similar to how they'll drive, you know, Mm -hmm. with their alter ego. And it's like, you know, sometimes people's behavior in a car is not who they are going to be in person. Most certainly not. And same thing on Facebook. And we throw all this information up there. And I, to me, when I think of a connected home, connected cars, it's kind of the same thing. It's all this behavioral, uh, data and analytics about you. Um, that goes somewhere and gets, gets valued and monetized in some way, shape, or form. And mm-hmm. it, to me, it's a Pandora's box. I'll give you the last word. Um, are we at a tipping point? You, you already mentioned this, but are we at a tipping point with vehicle connectivity? And however you want to wrap this up, uh, I'll give you the last word.
1: I really think we are at a tipping point around vehicle connectivity. We've had the most basic levels of connectivity, uh, for the last 20 years, what I think we're going to see over the next three to five years is pervasive connectivity that brings to the vehicle the kinds of experiences that we have traditionally associated with our our smartphone, and more recently, our smart homes.
0: I agree at a tipping point. I'm with you. Hang tai I'm going to grab a book. I'm, I'm going to see if you've read this or not. Hold on. <laughs> All right, this was written, I think, in 1983 or 84, um, called The Rise of the Computer State. I have not read it. You probably will love it. It's (laughs) not an easy read. It's one of those hurt your head kind of reads. Um, But if you think back to the early 80s, this is before the internet and the web as we know it, right? this book, the author gets into all the unintended consequences of our data floating around the world. Um, it's a great read. You might enjoy it. And I always said I would read it again. It's been about it's been about 10 or 12 years since I read it, so it's probably due for me to read it.
1: It'll be very interesting to read it and see the intersection with where we're at now.
0: Yes, I agree. A lot of insight in there. Well, Gavin, uh, really appreciate you coming up here. It was a pleasure having you.
1: Brian, thanks so much. And uh, once again, happy Superman Day to all the
0: listeners. There you go. I should play the theme song. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) All right, folks, there you go. Gavin Sherry, uh, CEO of Autonomic, a subsidiary of Ford Smart Mobility. And we were just talking about their uh, recent collaboration with Fujitsu to integrate with Autonomic's transportation mobility cloud. So uh, just a couple of things. Thanks again for tuning in. I did put the press release up there. Oh, let me hit mute there. Um, if you haven't already, uh, please text the keyword AutoConverse to 64600. I appreciate everybody that's uh, opted into the, to our text code to have the show delivered to you. Uh, you can register for the show. Go to autoconversion.net and look under shows and you will see, uh, you'll see a sign-up page for AC On Air. Again, we record it, stream it live, we record it and we put it up. Uh, onto the autoconverse podcast as well. I did want to give shouts out to uh who do I want to give shouts out to? Don't let me blank out on this. Hang on one second here. This is what happens when you're like, you know, live and in the moment. You you, you have these like total uh you know brain farts here. Um <laughs> so last week it was Terry Lancaster9. Terry, you know he's up here quite quite frequently we got into uh rumors about the Ford GM merger. We just we just talked about Ford. Um but that uh there seems to be some spec not speculation, but they're they're toying around with with the potential of a merger. I find that frightening but I'll leave my opinion out of it. But uh shouts out to Terry for that. And uh next week I will be uh in Marina del Rey. Not too far from Gavin, actually, about half a day's drive. Uh, Marina del Rey for the twenty nineteen, the fifteenth annual Auto CX Summit. Uh, that begins on Tuesday, the eighteenth, and runs through the nineteenth. And then right after that is the Analytics and AI Summit as well, uh, put on by Thought Leadership Summits. We have the, a contest. Uh, the promo code uh, has expired, so you can't um, you, you can't get your discount anymore. But if you're a dealer, if you're a car dealer, and you want a chance to win a free pass, we have two free passes to give away. We're going to draw those at the end of the week. But if you want to be entered to win, you need to answer this riddle. You need to answer, what kind of car does Tyrion Lannister drive? I'm going to tell you what to do. You can try Googling the question, but you got to look for a a recent podcast that had Terry on there, uh, Steve Rossler, and Amanda Ryan. And we give the answer to that riddle in that podcast. Reach out to me any way, shape, or form. I've gotten text messages, direct messages on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, If you get the answer right, we'll put your name in a hat and we'll draw two lucky winners. You must be a dealer to qualify. If you're not a dealer, but you want to give something cool to a dealer, then um, why don't you you answer it for them um, or have them answer it on on their own and uh, give them a chance to win those tickets. Again, the AutoCX Summit Series next week in Marina Del Rey, put on by thought leadership summits that about does it uh mike the car guy carrera will be on with me next week from marina del rey at the auto cx summit series really looking forward to that thanks again to Gar uh gavin sherry at autonomic thanks again to his pr team for putting this together today we appreciate that and uh we'll see you same time same place next week take care everyone